And welcome back, everybody. It's time and again for another episode of Closing the Wealth Gap. Because well, you know what's going on out there. The rich are getting richer and the poor. And we're getting squeezed from all sides. This week we do something a little different. We let our wealth coach Tyrone French open up about all his frustrations about the way the system's set up. And more importantly, how so many of us think can't change it. Well, all it takes is just to change the narrative in your own head and to become more and more those in the haves and not the have-nots. Those who have the ability to make the money work for them and not the other way around. So let's pick it up with Tyrone as he gives us a little tirade about the world we live in and the way the system is really set up. Hey, Paul, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good. Always looking forward to this show. You know, as we wrap up another year of Closing the Wealth Gap, I'd love to just spend a few moments and have you just riff on the real state of the world and the system that seems to work against so many of us. We talked about the top 1% and then the 4%, which is the wealthy people, which makes up the top 5%, then you got the 95%. There's an article in Yahoo Finance. It's, it they just they spelt it out. The income range for the bottom 90 90% has not changed in four decades. But the price of every the cost of everything has gone up. But the the income of the yeah. top one percent point one percent has gone up like hundred and sixty percent. It's been a straight curve since Reagan. Reagan started this. The rich started getting richer, and the poor either stayed the same or got the same. And it, not just the poor, but the middle class. The average wages have basically been stagnant for the last 20 years or so, while the, the growth, spectacular growth, has been this uber class, this billionaire yes. class. Yes. And it's the country is not judged by, as somebody said a while ago, by how many billionaires we create, but by how many millions of people we take care of. It's not about how right. rich people get. You know, we now have billionaires that are worth $100 billion, $200 billion. Within our lifetime, we may see the first trillionaire. Trillionaire. Yeah. And, and think about this. Somebody did a number on me once. If you spent a million dollars a day, I, I could do it a couple of days. I go buy a house. I go buy a car. I go buy a plane. I, now I start to run out of things. I got to do 365 days. Every day, Tyrone, you got to go spend a million dollars a day. Oh, I bought everything. No, you got to go buy some more stuff, another house, another car, another one. Your goal is to burn through a billion dollars. Even All if right. you spend a million dollars a day, that's $300 million a year. Theoretically, it would take, what, a, a three years to do it, but the money would keep multiplying. You'd right. never spend it. You can't. You can't and, and, spend that much money, even right. if you want to. Right. It's going to grow and grow and grow. That's really the divide. Once you get to that point, where your income, cash flow, right. is on autopilot and it's in good soil, it's in good ground. The Bible says, everybody that has, more will be given right. and they will have abundance. Right. But the ones that don't have, even what they have is going to be taken away. Yeah. Right. That, Think about that. That's a frightening. There's yes. another show. There's your show right there. The frustration. It's not just anger. It's the frustration. Frustration. That's the word. 
Right. I'm frustrated right now. Right. I'm getting so much information, preparing for certain things in these shows and dealing with my clients and stuff. And I see that there's nothing changing. The mm -hmm. only thing that changes are the characters, meaning that the people based on their time and they're in this loop right now. Right. And their parents and their, their grandparents and their, and their parents have gone through the loop. Now they're going through the loop and they think that this is normal. Right. And so they just behave like normal people behave. And I know that this is not normal. Mm -hmm. It's not normal. You got to get break that cycle. You can acquire wealth in this country. You absolutely mm -hmm. can do it. But the majority, the, the 90, 95% are conditioned to just work for everybody. They're conditioned to, to get a paycheck mm -hmm. and the COVID just smash that reality for a lot of people to say, Hey, look, no, our government is set up to help the wealthy. They're not set up to, to, to help the, the middle class. How much did you contribute to either campaign? Did you give a million dollars? No, then I'm not going to listen to That's you. Right. That's right. Well, I love you, Tyrone, but I, how much did you give me for my campaign? How much did he give me for the campaign? <laughs> I think I'm listening to him. That's right. Cause I like those you checks. Have, you have I like no this voice. job. So Citizen United came in, the Supreme Court said, hey, corporations are people. Are people. They have the same right to free speech and to give unlimited amounts of money that uh, everybody else does here. No, they, no, they don't. That's a new idea. Not only is it a new idea, but it's going to become, it's an it's accepted norm. Whereas the average person, if you mention Citizen United to 90% 90 of the population, they don't know what you're talking about. No. It no, that was, that was that changed. We we were going through the the McCain, even Republicans like McCain. Not to go too hard down the rabbit hole here in politics, but there was a movement within the Republican Party to reform campaign finance. And McCain that. led the way. Cain Feingold, uh, Russ Feingold, uh, uh, Wisconsin, the Democrat, and John McCain, the Maverick from Arizona, tried to get this past years ago. This is before Citizens United, and they said just too much money in politics. All we do is spend our job raising money, more money, to get money, to save money, to make money. It's all about raising money. This is not right. good. And so they tried to put in a couple of things. We're going to fund uh, the campaigns through dollar donations. But if you accept our campaign finance, then you got to limit how much you spend. And they went, I'm not going to take it. Most campaigns do not take. I don't think any of them do. We all donate, a, say, I'll donate a dollar on our taxes to fund 300 million of us to fund the, the uh, election, and the candidates say, keep your money, because I'm going to spend what I want. And it goes up and up and up. Uh, Obama broke the record and had a, raised a billion dollars. Trump's already raised 200 million just for losing. Yeah. And he's going to keep that gravy train going. Yeah, exactly. So wh what's, what's his incentive to say, okay, I, I agree. The minute he agrees, the money stops coming. The minute right. he keeps people mad, the money keeps flowing. The you know, system, that, it, and it goes back to that narrative. If you say something enough times, whether it's right or wrong, people will believe it. Yeah, supposedly that's attributed to Hitler and some other people like that. But if you lie long enough and often enough, people will believe it. And that's truly what I think. I say Republicans do it more Democrats, but both sides do it. They say it so fast, so quick, so often. By the time you go, whoa, 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 I've, I've slipped in ten more on you here. Yeah. Well, you're right. Both sides do it. it it's so hypocritical. And everybody, they want to change the system, but 
but they're so dug in on their side for their guy. Yeah. That's why it will never change. Right. So all you, if you can't beat them, join them. That's where I am right now. It's the business owners and the corporations in the United States that get the benefits. Of course. They get all the tax breaks. If you're working stiff, a working class American. Probably are stiff. You know, you can't use your work days. You can't use your, your sick days. You can't use your vacation days and stuff because you don't have any place. You can't afford to go any place. Right. You know, you, so you work, 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 work. You don't have the time to sit down and reflect on what you need to do to change your life. You get a, you get a day off. You're going to rest. You're tired. You right. know, sometimes people take a week off from work and because of we're creatures of habit, they can't even relax. No. They got to go back to work just to relax. Yeah. That was my dad. Right. Yeah. So it's like knowing that if I'm going to work for a dollar, the first thing that comes out of my paycheck are income taxes. That means I'm working for the government maybe three to four months out of the year before I even show any kind of a profit. So the bottom line is if I get a dollar and I got to give 25 cents of that dollar or 40 or 39 cents of that dollar to somebody else, but they'll say, hey, but there's a way that if you become an independent contractor or a small business owner, you get to keep that whole dollar. And so now that 39 cent that you were going to give to us, you can pretty much put that into your own pocket or invest it or make more money. And then when it comes time for us to get that 39 cents from you, you can give us legitimate reasons. Now, I'm not going to say business expenses. You can give us legitimate reasons as to why you don't have that money to give us because you benefited us in another area. And we said, okay, because we checked our, our playbook, which is a game. We checked the rules and said, oh, yeah, okay, you can give your 39 cents to this department store, this supply company, or to this charity so that you don't have to give it to us because the bottom line, generating revenue from that supply company or from that charity. And those big companies have worked the system so they want you to either give it to the government or give it to Walmart, but don't yes. put it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. You know, you said something uh, about the um, the guy that, that got the gold and he's going to bury it in his backyard. I always remember that story, yeah. And you know what, though? I've I, I reflected on it. Here's the thing, though. I don't listen to the show, but I remember <laughs> the things that we talk about. I don't listen to the show today. What, what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> Next. Quick, long story short. There's a lot of wisdom in that because they were saying, uh, I was watching, the, I like watching these old Westerns and I, watch, I like watching History Channel and stuff. And Jesse James. I love Westerns. Yeah, he buried a lot of his gold. That's what they did back in those days. They buried it. Now, they probably didn't remember where they buried it. They did. got killed or something, whatever. Right. But anyway, now the, the property, that land is being developed, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody's digging. All of a sudden, they find, you know, find these coins or whatever. Right. You know, but the value, even though there was no interest associated with that coin, the value of the coin, I don't care if it's buried six feet under the value of that coin is still going to go up. So that's the logic when people say, well, I'm just going to not put my money in a mattress because if it's dollars, it's being devalued the longer you hold on to it. But if it's precious metals, the value of it is going up the longer you hold on to it. So you dig it up 20 years from now and it's worth more money than when you. Because the, pr the, the principle of precious metals is limited. God ain't yes. making that anymore. God ain't making any more gold or diamonds. Whatever's here is all we got. 
as the great Will Will Rogers, the humorist of the 1920s, used to say about land. Why does it go up? Because God's not making that anymore. Yeah, but here's the thing. Though. That used to be true until uh, you look at the uh, Hawaiian Islands. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. All right. <laughs> or, so there's new or, islands being born out that's there. That's right. <laughs> I was watching the show again, going back to, and I like watching science programs and stuff, and they were talking about diamonds and how right. diamonds are formed under pressure. Right. Uh, crust is so thick, and then right. you got this magma. Let's say if there is an eruption, that seems like, oh, God, that's terrible. This This volcano just erupted. All they're waiting to do, the people are waiting for it to subside because during that eruption, those diamonds and those, the metal and all that stuff yeah. comes out of the earth. Yeah, right. And that's why, you know, it's like even over in Africa, they were talking about the uh, the Beers Company. Right. Yeah. That's and, a fascinating story, by the way. I mean, De Beers overnight created demand for diamonds. De created Beers, demand. George Washington didn't buy Martha a diamond when they got married. Nobody did. Right. They created this notion that if you love me, you're going to give me this clear rock. That didn't exist until De Beers came along right. and got everybody sold on that idea. And and the, here's the kicker. The minute you buy that diamond, it's almost like uh, buying a car. The minute you take that car off the lot, oh. it, it goes down in value. So nine times out of 10, you can't buy that diamond and take it back to the same jeweler that you bought it for a week from now and get get what you paid for. And what De Beers does happen. to keep the profit, and, and there have been lots written about them, not, and they don't talk about it very often. If you stumble upon a diamond in Africa, they jump immediately De Beers comes and knocks on your door and says, we want that diamond. No, I'm gonna keep that. No, 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 we don't want any diamonds floating around. We control the supply. They have right. giant vaults filled with diamonds right. that have been dug up that ain't ever going to see the light of day, not until they're ready. And they they dole them out a few at a time here. That's why they were so upset in uh, in Eastern Africa, the blood diamonds, where they to fuel right. these revolutions, they were th right. flooding the market with diamonds, and they're right. ruining the price of diamonds here. Right. The beers wants to buy them all. They have a complete monopoly in the world, and the Russians, too, to a certain degree, and they store this stuff. There are massive vaults of diamonds that they yes. don't ever want to flood in the market because it would kill the price. You know, but it's no different as far as grain silos. Yeah, right. There's no different as far as milk vats. They would rather burn that grain and pour that milk out. They're doing it today. To the they're price. killing yes. pigs and they're killing uh, and pouring milk down drains that could feed starving people around the world because the restaurants are down and all the stuff, so I'm not going to sell this stuff. I'll, I'll right. throw it in the ground. I'll kill the exactly. pig. And Horrible, but that's, that's, that's man, that's capitalism. <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is capitalism. Right, exactly. So you can either complain about it or you can say come up with something better, and today we haven't come up with anything better. So we keep trying to put some limits on it. We keep trying to tweak it and set some ground rules to it what you can and can't do. And every so often somebody comes along and creates a whole new idea like Rockefeller did in the 1920s when he bought up all the oil companies and turned them into one company, Standard Oil, and he controlled 99% of the oil in the world. One man. Uh, he would be worth today, the last figure I saw was $700 million. He'd make Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos look like paupers. And that's when they started writing all these rules about uh, well, I guess we, I never thought, what if somebody buys up all the companies? We got to have some way to break up these monopolies. Right. Yeah. 
he's the one that invented that a trick and they keep derivatives a few years ago that created that nobody ever came somebody wise guy comes up with some new thing and it creates havoc in the market and then they say all right well it's a free market except no you can't do that i'm sorry that's out and we start creating more and more rules to it and then the next generation comes along and says roll back all the rules i don't want environmental rules i don't want any rules because they for, they forget it's like look at uh, what happened. The, the stock market crashed in 1929. 1933, they came out with uh, Glass-Steagall. Right. To limit the reforms. Right. They put regulation on the banks. We don't ever want this to happen again. Right. Don't want it to happen again. Then all of a sudden, here comes Bill Clinton, you know, trying to appease, you know, the Republicans, and we're going to roll back these regulations. Yeah. Now the banking, uh, Wall Street married with with Main Street, and now you know too big you got to fail. Crash. You make the fail, and then you got 2007, 2008, and the cycle repeats itself all over again. And who's who does it benefit? The wealthy. My great-grandmother came from Poland. She uh, lived in Pittsburgh because Poles are mining people. She went there. She and her husband, first husband went to Pittsburgh, and that was in 1910, maybe, 1905, so 19, early 1900s. And Pittsburgh, you couldn't see the sky morning, noon, or night. Right. Uh, the, they're burning this coal and the steel factories that are making that are making Carnegie and Mellon right. the first millionaires we've ever seen. U.S. Steel was the first company ever to have a gross a billion dollars. Nobody had ever done that before. Right. All of this at the expense that you couldn't see the sun 300 days out of the year in Pittsburgh. So we moved to Pittsburgh in 1970. My great-grandmother was still alive. Seventy years had gone by. She didn't know they'd cleaned it up. She didn't speak English. She mm. didn't read English. She didn't know that much was going on. And my dad had to tell her, we're leaving Detroit. We're going to Pittsburgh. And she burst out crying. She said, oh, my God, wow. not that place. He said, Grandma, it's not that bad. Oh, don't tell me. I was there. It's bad, you know, because we forgot. And now they're trying to roll back the environmental regulations in L.A. and everywhere here. I remember what it was like in the 1980s here. Uh, it was not good. Smog alerts and stuff here. We're going to go back to that? Cause and to remember, make a remember few the guys acid rich. rain? Acid rain and, and we're pouring, can't eat the fish because we're pouring DDT in the That's oceans right. and stuff. The mercury, here. yeah. And I, and man, it used to be a time when, um, remember the uh, the bird droppings would get on your car and it would literally eat through your paint? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Under uh, the great Donald Trump to make America great again, he rolled back all these environmental things. He, he You can have more pollution, more mercury, more stuff again here. We wanted to drill in the oil, ocean. I'm like, really? We're, we forgot? It was 50 years ago? We forgot what that was? Why we did that? That wasn't some kooky idea. It's because they were killing us. Yeah. And the beat goes on. The Whispers wrote this song called And the Beat Goes On, yeah. round and round, on and on. Right. And, you know, like I said, same old game, but just if you look at the the Lakers franchise, right. you'll look at the the players today and, you know, the, now all the names are different, but the franchise is still the same. And I grew so up in Detroit, which had the Detroit Lions, which is only one of two football teams that has never even been to the Super Bowl, much less won a Super Bowl. The other one's the Cleveland Browns. Another one's been there forever. And year in and year out, they say, this is the year. This is the year. Now, they had the same Keep ownership. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. <laughs> and everybody would go to the Superdome, Silverdome, or whatever it was called, and we'd all pack and watch the stupid Lions lose one more season, one more year, one more time. And to this day, 50 years later, 
How many championships have they won? Zero. Zero. How many championships have the New York Yankees or the LA Lakers or the Boston Celtics won? Lots. The, the Cowboys. I mean, there's yes. certain built-in organizations that know how to do this, and some just don't get it ever. But, but some. I mean, it's a business. Some some teams they 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 want to win a Super Bowl. They want to win a championship. Where others, it's a business. They just want to turn a profit. The Clippers. Uh, the guy that owned the Clippers used to famously said, I don't want to win. I just want to I, – I, when he sold the team, he owned the stadium. He had zero debt, paid right. players big salaries. He right. didn't win any games, but he didn't have any debt. And when right. he sold it, he sold it for $2 billion. That's right. Arsenio Hall used to make this joke about the Clippers like, yeah, if you sit close enough to the front row, they may ask you to play. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> but people went, and, and the hope lived on, and he refused to pay the salaries or do anything else, and, who's, and everybody cursed him. And when he left, he sold it for the record number to uh, Bill Gates' partner, yeah. Balmer, for $2 billion. He had the leverage because they wanted him out. Everybody wanted him out, and Balmer wanted in real bad. Yeah. He wanted in. And then thing, he had the money. It's no big deal. He had the money. One, two, I don't know. I got, what do I got, 100? I don't know. One, two, three, what do you want? I don't know. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. It's like you said, we gotta, you got to spend it. It's like, man, I, I still haven't spent enough money. Let me, um, let me raise the salary of these players, you know. Let me, you know. Let me let me create a, another market, you know, meaning that now I'm, I'm advertising more, spending more dollars. The money that you have is going to make money. And the government is like, you got all these buckets, all these piles of money. And this is where cryptocurrency comes in. Yeah, cryptocurrency the, is a fascinating world. It's, is it funny money or is it the new reality? I don't know. Well, it's, it's going to crash just like everything else. They're going to regulate it just like everything else. But right now, cryptocurrency is good for two things. It's good for... Uh, gangsters, mobsters, car- cartels. Right, right. Yeah. And it's good. If you're going to invest in cryptocurrency, you should do it as far as an IRA. You shouldn't do it as just, you know, hey, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. And now um, my Bitcoin is selling for $23,000 a coin. Right. And so now everybody wants to get into Bitcoin. I got clients calling me telling me, hey, you know, what about Bitcoin? It's like, uh, but you have debt. <laughs> right, let's it's get better for you to pay first. off your debt than to try to because again you're buying high right the the 90 percent of the consumers buy high and sell low and so right now the people that made their money in cryptocurrency they waited till it got down to a thousand or fifteen hundred or two thousand they started buying then the price started going up and they started selling that started driving the price up it started driving it up so now the ones that they already made their money, they're not going to lose anything. They've already made their money. Mm-hmm. So now it's, the price is going to go up, 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 up. The average person that can't afford it is going to invest. They're going to the price is going to start going down. They're going to start pulling all their money out. And it's just going to keep on dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. They're going to lose their shirts. And then when it gets back down to May, I don't think it'll drop by. I don't think it'll go back down to like fifteen hundred. When it gets down to like maybe four thousand then the investors will come back in and start buying again. So what's your question? That's the answer. We, we know the, how the system works. So why are you frustrated? you got three choices. You can bitch about it. You can not play the game and say, I, I'm not going to play then. I don't like the rules. Or you can play by the rules and... Like I said, if you can't beat them, join them. So right. play the game. Play it. 
by the rules, meaning that you understand what the IRS, because the I, the IRS, the tax code, that's the playbook. Right. That's the playbook. And right. they're the referees. So as long as you're playing by the rules and you understand how the game is being, you know, what it's designed to do, and you're playing within the confines of that playbook, they'll let you make as much money as you want to make. That is so true. That really is the point of today's show and this series in general called Closing the Wealth Gap. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.